It is the year 1091. The early summer has been good to the land of Asus. The last couple weeks, Ziv has been preparing for a mission that he will be joining Heltron on. Remora the Mage has requested Heltron's team to convince and escort certain people around the realm of Asus to come assist with powering these four glass spheres. Heltron and Ziv are heading to Lathansis to speak with an elven woman named Nurani. Vorin and Kristoff head towards the human nation of Athern to find a powerful wizard named Extolo, who is not affiliated with either the Wizard's Rainbow or the Golden Krails. Hanette and Adamo have been given solo missions. Hanette is to convince a halfling named Jiminy in the Fey Islands far to the south to join the Cobbs, while Adamo travels to Ladreldon to meet with a dwarven woman named Dalum. Remora has a job for each of these people to handle in powering what he is now calling the Four Orbs. Last time on Four Orbs. Bear <laughs> The front door has just opened and out of the shadow of the building comes a gnome running your way. You are standing over the bear bodyguard you just killed. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Bear Nard? <laughs> bear Nard. <laughs> what? what? No. Maybe you should calm down. Maybe we should go inside. Why would I let you inside my house? <laughs> so you're the mayor. I'm not a mayor. I'm a governor. Mr. Governor, it, it was an accident. It was self-defense. <laughs> we, we didn't come here intending to do this. <laughs> We've all had a very rough day. So I'm asking you, and I don't ask a lot. Can we please come inside? The five of you go inside with Governor Foyston. I'm going to say a word, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Wave break. Ocean. Oh, I, I got one. Delaro. <gasps> one word? Um, a word. Um, hermit. Uh, oh, you could say more than one word. The, game, <laughs> the, game, the game's over. Oh, I, I... What are you... Delaro? Yes? Wait, hermit? Yeah, he's a hermit. He lives on an island north of here. He's kind of in charge. In charge of what? Everything. In charge of you? He looks down. This Delaro, is he a pirate or was or is he a gnome? It's just a hermit, and it's very powerful. How is a hermit powerful? Well, he's like a wizard or something. You have archives here, right? Well, yeah, I, I actually read a lot of them. That's, I actually didn't have Bernard clean any of that room in case he accidentally damaged them. Hmm. Rather smart, yes. Sounds very helpful. It's the only way I think I can get smarter, you know? Makes sense, yeah. Reading. Let's, let's review the records. Oh, okay. After you. He wipes the dust from the cover of the book, and you see the title is Rodanian Manifest and Prison Structures. So there are 112 prisons on the island, and as they developed this conscript island, more prisons had to be built. And the later ones became more and more advanced. 
So if you're looking for one that's possibly underwater, I would think it would be a later build. Well, I guess let's start from the back. And he then flips to flips through the book, and as he's flipping through it, you actually see like one page designs of each present. Uh, like a little sketch or something? Yeah, like a like a blueprint. Like a blueprint of each one. Unit ninety-eight, wave break. Oh, it's right there. And I'm gonna <laughs> Wow, ninety-eight. What what else do you need to know? You said you knew of artifacts here, right? Well, one of these books wouldn't tell us. Maybe, but there's a lot of books in here. Artifacts, artifacts. I'm going to start just like looking at okay. all the books. Uh, give me an investigation check. 20. Eventually, you do find a book that is labeled Artifacts of Old. Oh, this looks promising. I have no idea what I'm looking for. It could be any of It could be any, Ooh. It's called the, the Amulet of the Fallen Moon. It supposedly grants immortality. Anyone that has been granted the gift of immortality from this artifact, their descendants would also have immortality. Another thing it says on the draft is that it was was lost in the island of Laron. This is it! And I just want to raise the book over my head <laughs> like Link. <laughs> yep, that's gotta be it. We did it! So you walk outside, the five of you kind of step down off of the stoop, but then you feel a tremble as you step out into the grass. The earth shakes. And 60 feet away, the earth begins to rise. The shine of polished metal reflects in the morning sun as a gargantuan construct erupts from beneath the ground. When it comes to a still, it curves forward, revealing its face. The face of a python. Give me initiatives. Fuck it, I'll recklessly attack him. All right. Crook! Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Kath, you kill him. You want to describe how you do it? I'm going to like jump up behind, like on its back, and just start violently smashing as hard as I can uh, until he drops down. All right. So yeah, you climb up to like the head. Yeah. And just like bash the head in, and it collapses down right in front of you, Finch, and like dirt kind of pushes up right at your feet. And then I'm gonna do a, a cool little roll off of him <laughs> and land beside Finch. Like not at yeah, it. I'll nod him right back. <laughs> and he's dead. And I will reappear next to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and nod. And nod. <laughs> It is early summer of the year 725 of the Fourth Age. The five of you walk single file away from the governor's mansion along a narrow jungle path. Knowing your destination, wanted by the local authorities of Fort Riesel, you head back to your rowboat planning to make your way along the western coast as far north as you can get. Your destination is an oasis within the inland desert on Summer Isle. And as you break out of the jungle path onto the beach, you see plumes of smoke on the horizon. One large one and one small one on the far side of Fort Griesel. Staring in disbelief for a while, you come to the realization that large billowing smoke is coming from Buka's bait and tackle. From here, you can see almost all of the shipping vessels docked are on fire, while many others flee from the harbor to save their ship. The small plume of smoke? Well, that one matches the location of Vilko League's little blue home. 
Before you can speak a word, though, an explosion near the main dock goes off. You look over to see fighting on the decks of two large boats, the boats that Captain Kayo claimed at sea after Kurgle attacked. Various constructs are aboard the ships fighting the deckhands. You quickly make your way to your hidden rowboat that you place under palm leaves and push it to sea. The sun beats down harshly on you in this tropical environment. You make your way north along the coast of the Governor's Island, and then you aim the boat towards the open harbor back to Summer Isle. From here, you get a straight look down the road of the Miner's Block where Penrear lives. You see a large squad of bare bodyguards lined up in an almost military formation walking through before you lose vision rowing by. The last thing you see before getting out of Port Griesel completely is three bare bodyguards arresting Dubro outside of his small beach shanty. His two dogs are leashed and muzzled by one of the BBGs, while the other two shackle Dubro and start walking him into town. You furiously row as fast as you can to get out of sight, and you finally find yourself in the calm open waters along the coast of Laron Summer Isle. Oh no! What have we done? I fear we may have started something very serious. Yeah, that definitely looked pretty bad. I'm just crying in the corner. <laughs> mending nothing. <laughs> well, I guess uh, all we should do is get to where we're going as fast as possible. Yeah, that's probably the best bet to save what little of Port Riesel we can. Yeah, the most helpful thing we can do at this point is to finish what we've started here. I agree. Let's get to wave break. You make your way to the coast when you believe you are far enough north and pull the boat ashore. Not sure how far you are along the coast, you make your way a little inland. A jungle line follows the coast and you push your way through this short distance of tough terrain. On the other side, you find large, loose, towering sand dunes. You cannot see far on the horizon at all. It will be difficult to find this oasis. So we will start a skill challenge for you to make your way through this desert. Fun. You will need eight successes to find the oasis. For every failure, everyone will take 1d8 fire damage from the blistering sun reflecting on the white sparkly sand. The DC will be 15. If you pass on your turn, you alone will take the damage as from a narration point. I will see it that the character is following the group, suffering in the desert, slowing everyone down. So let's do initiatives. All right, first up is Finch. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and just skip right to using an item here. All right. Um, I'm gonna pull back my gal, get my water skin out, and just kinda douse my head and hair to keep myself cool, bring my cow back up, and keep on going. All right, so you're keeping yourself cool, which is speeding you along, which in fact speeds the group up because you're not slowing anybody down. Uh, after Finch, we are on to Felomir. I would also like to use an item. All right. Wait, why are we on the film here? This is true. It is Dorothy's turn. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did that in the wrong order. Dorothy, you're up. Uh, I am also going to use an item. Okay. I'm going to use my loot. 
to play a nice traveling song for my followers to keep morale up. Uh, I'm going to say this Bardic Inspiration. Bardic Inspiration? So it'll be a spell. Okay. Spell attack. Okay. Or actually, would that just be a performance check? I think that's just a performance check. (laughs) (laughs) Playing Aqualung. (laughs) (laughs) Performance. That is a 17. That is a success. So you keep their morale up and keep people moving to a rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) So many time signatures. (laughs) (laughs) Felavir, you're up. Uh, Well, I happen to have six potions of Endure Elements. I would like to hand one to each of my companions. All right. Wow. And I will not take one myself because I'm half demon. And you're resistant to fire damage. Yes. All right, so five or four endure elements used, and I will say that is a success because that's an item usage. Everyone, that's how many successes now? Three? Yes. All right, so you only we, need five more. Because we were using items. <laughs> you might make me rethink item usage. Astra, wow. you are up. I'm going to use my shield and kind of use it as an umbrella. All right. To shade myself. Really using these items, y'all. Hey, well, you know what? <laughs> we found the loophole. Before you tear this loophole apart, you know, this is the only time. I mean, it's, it's we're just battling the sun and the elements here versus where before we're, like, crossing oceans and, like, fighting pirates and stuff. So it's a little easier to use a water skin here than versus a pirate. All right. Just, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll have to do more successes next time. <laughs> Whatever you deem fair. All right. So that's four successes. And we're on to you, Kath. All right, I'll, I'll use my athletics to trudge through the, the thick, deep sands. Love it. 21. You succeed. Keeping the movement going with the train of people crossing the desert. And after, Keth, we're back at the top of the order. Uh, oh, wait, actually, the elements do something now. You each take 1d8 fire damage for just having to be out in the sun this long. Got no sunscreen. Got no sunscreen. Asher, you take seven. Ow. Keth, there's a little situation I need to ask you about. Are you wearing shoes again? I think you said you went back barefoot. Yeah, I did. All right, it's going to be 1d8 plus one against you because, you know, you're walking on that hot sand. It's going to be eight for you. That's the worst part. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if you've ever been to a Gulf Coast beach, you know that the (laughs) sand is worse than the sun. He's like (laughs) high-stepping. If only Keth had diamond skin. That was the top of the foot, though. Oh, yeah. Either way, it helps. Dorothy, you take three fire damage. Okay. Thelomir, five, but... Round down? Your resistance to fire. Mm -hmm. And it's round down, so two. And Finch, seven. And after the environment hurts you, we're back at the top of the order. Or no, we do initiatives again. Roll initiatives. You're up first. Well, yeah, okay, so I'll go back to survival then. All right. Maybe I'll take a look at the sun and see which way it's starting to set into a rise, get our bearings, and make sure that we are certainly going the right way. All right, give me a survival check. 17. 17 is a success. So you have discerned the direction you're going, and you know you need to keep going towards the center of this desert based off of the map you've seen of Laron. Astro, we're on to you. Okay, um, I'm going to use Calm Emotions 
my new spell. All right. Okay, so what is Calm Emotions going to do in this scenario in a narrative sense? It's going to boost morale because everybody feels shitty because it's super hot okay. and sunny. Okay. That and it's just going to help we, us get through it. That and we also probably feel bad for all the yeah. pain and suffering we cause. <laughs> I yeah, we yeah. certainly feel bad. Yeah. We can really use morale boost to believe we're still doing the right thing <laughs> over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I choose to not fail the check. <laughs> yes. I feel really bad. <laughs> uh, give me a spell attack, I guess. Eight. Eight is a fail. So everyone takes 1d8 fire damage. Oh, no. Get depressed. Astro, you take three fire damage. If we fail, period? Yep. Yeah. Well, Every no. fail, everyone takes fire damage because y'all got lost or stalled or something. For you said five? In the desert. Yeah, no, three. Three fire I damage. I just stopped to time my boot. And Keth, because you haven't fixed your feet yet, uh, it's going to be six fire damage. Dorth, one. A. Thelomir, six. So three for your resistance. And Finch, four. I like to think in a narrative sense, there was an attempt to calm our emotions. And we were like, we don't got time for that right now. <laughs> just like stop and argue for like an hour. After Astro, we are on to Keth. All right. So we can use uh, character abilities as well, correct? I think we determined yes. Okay. So this actually worked perfectly for, for what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm, I feel shitty, first of all, for what happened uh, at Port Grizzle. Uh, I'm hot. I'm irritated. My feet hurt. So I'm just... Gonna kind of, oh, I'm sick of the desert! <laughs> and uh, use my rage. And All with right. my rage, enraged self, uh, I'm gonna uh, be stronger to push through the, the desert. Okay. We'll say this is a strength check. Okay. Uh, with advantage for rage, because you don't get a bonus to your strength, so. Uh, 26. 26 is a success. So. I like how he was rolling as you said advantage, and we're all looking at his That's the first time. Keth leads the way, trudging through the desert with his rage. I like to think he just pushes Finch out of the way, like, I got this! <laughs> <laughs> so we are on to, I guess, Felomir. Did you already go? No. It's Doroth again. Oh, Doroth. I keep thinking wow. he's third in my list. On he's... MLK Day. Wow. <laughs> mm. <laughs> telling. Very telling. Well, I am going to. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I had to. I couldn't let the day go by without doing that to somebody. <laughs> I am going to use uh, animal handling, and here's how. I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Here's how. I'm going to take Pivac out of... Where is Pivac? He's usually just in my cowl or on my shoulder. Well, I'm going to take him into my into my hand and be like, I need you to fly up there and tell us where this oasis is. And then just, using uh, Speak With Small Beast? Yes. Okay. And just like <laughs> propel him into the sky. All right, you're proficient with animal handling? Yes. <laughs> I did not know. That. I just don't do it. <laughs> I, I'm very picky with the animals that I handle. All right, so give me a an animal handling check. That's going to be a 16. You succeed. Uh, so he flies out of your hand and guides the way. He sees it from above, and this is the final success, so it's a perfect timing. Nice. And he guides you all like the North Star. And Nice. Head to the oasis.
As you make your way to the top of a large sand dune, palm trees finally come into view. A large oasis sits in the valley of surrounding sand dunes. Various tropical fruits fill the trees with lush colors. As you walk your way down, a chilled mist fills the area, cooling you from the blistering heat. Large areas of shade darken the ground below, and as you take a break in the shade for a moment, the sun finally dips below the horizon of the sand dunes. It is now dusk. Ooh, I shiver. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's not cold out here. I'm not... I'm sorry, that's a reference to the shit that happens to me in real life. When it is objectively cold outside and people are like, it's not cold while you're wearing a jacket. It, no, it's cold. Well, it's brisk, but it's refreshing after that walk in the desert. I'm freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I go stand in whatever sun I can actually find. Oh, uh, well, it's not really there. Oh. Mm. Well, did we just dive in or what? I don't know. Let's take a look around. You remember what you saw in the design? Wasn't there like a hatch or something? On the surface in the center of the lake pond thing. Mm -hmm. But do, uh, we how? do we see a hatch poking out? Give me a perception check. Okay. I will look. Give me a 29 for me. Critical miss. All right. Finch, you look across the water surface and you do not see a hatch of any kind sticking out of the water. I'm looking at the trees. Okay. I don't I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't see it either actually. I, I don't I don't understand. It should be right here. How big is the oasis? Rather large. It's a pretty big pond like if you tried to swim across it, it would take probably like 10 minutes. Can we see like the other side? Yeah. Of it? Okay. Well, maybe it's not, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's underwater. Maybe, maybe we do have to dive in. I mean, maybe you guys have to dive in. I can't swim. Wait, didn't, weren't you in the ocean at one point? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no swim skill anymore. So I don't know. I guess it's all it's under athletics. athletics now. Yeah, it's athletics now. Well, uh, I mean, I guess I can try and wait out there a little bit and see if I can find it. Yes, you should do that. I'll start taking my boots off. All right. So you take your boots off and approach the shore? Yeah. All right. Side note, I can say whatever I want. It's up to y'all to remember whether I'm <laughs> lying or not. <laughs> well, that's not role play. <laughs> well, I'm going to spend 10 minutes to ritual cast Tensor's Floating Disc. Are you doing this while he starts going towards the shore? Uh, yeah, or like whenever the conversation starts that we need to go into the water, maybe. Okay. Like that. Um, in that case, as you approach the oasis's pond, you were expecting clear water, but in the dampened light of dusk, it almost seems murky, and you see ripples on the still water. A thud beats and shakes the ground around you. The palm trees vibrate, shaking loose a few over-ripened fruits and then several columns of metal erupt from the water's surface. Circular plates clutter one side of each metallic column resembling the suction cups of an octopus. Mm. And then the head surfaces the water and reveals a smooth slanted metal surface. It's an octopus location surveillance unit, OLS for short. Give me initiatives. What? So this is what happens anytime someone, what have you? Oh my God, what are you oh pulling God. out? Pulling out the H&M bag. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no. I like our duct tape With stuff a, way better than the 3D printed face. stuff. This would be the new four orb stick. Of all the faces you could have drawn. Especially now that you got a camera. He's very Eight happy. dildos. Yeah, how a much lot of, of dildos. Life, how much of your life? It Did you? Like 10 okay. <laughs> I remembered I needed to do it earlier. <laughs> wow. 
wow, he is excited about this. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. Wave Break. <laughs> what if that's all this is? Like he's like, hug. <laughs> be like, no, smell. Alright, first up in the order is Finch. Alright, let me start by putting Hunter's Mark. Using your bonus action for Hunter's Mark? Yes sir, I am. Okay, I'm going to take two shots with my longbow. Alright. First one's a 12. Second one is a 20. 12 is a miss, 20 is a hit. That's 15 damage. 15 damage. So the arrow flies true and pierces the metal. It kind of sticks in. Does it go all the way through? Uh, but it's like the arrow is just kind of sitting in the metal of, I guess, one of the tentacles. Maybe. No, I will say like the body of the octopus. Okay. And after finish, run to Felomir. Okay. So how far in the water is it? It is on shore. Okay. Tentacles are reaching out onto the land. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I guess for now, I will just shoot two Eldritch Blasts. Okay. Give me the attacks. Uh, and the first one is 27. That's a hit. The second one is a 31. <laughs> yeah, that's a hit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so much. Yep. Uh, for 17 damage total. All right. 17 force damage, right? Correct. And the Eldritch Blast, hit him on the side, denting in the metal. We'll say that you hit the same spot twice and you actually blasted a hole into one of them. Cool. After Felomir, we're on to the OLS, the Octopus Location Surveillance Unit. And he attacks with tentacles. The attacks come in first. It's going to be against Felomir for a 20. That's a hit. And however. All right. Oh. There's I more. would like to use Entropic Ward. What's that one do? Which means he has disadvantage on me, and if he misses, I get advantage on my next attack. So you have disposed disadvantage on this tentacle attack. Yes. For an 18. That's a hit. 24 bludgeoning damage. Oh, Holy no. Shit. Ow. And then the attack on you, Finch. You're 26. All right. Uh, that's not the damage, that's the attack. Oh, well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm a 15 AC over here. 15 bludgeoning damage. And he gets another attack this, this turn. I am going to use cutting words Okay. on this attack. You, I don't you, know when I should you, call you, it. You want me to wait till I explain what happens before I roll, or, like, right after I roll? Oh! <laughs> hmm. Look at well, how, nice of a DM <laughs> how nice of a DM I am. Yeah. <laughs> gonna do an area smash and it's a 40 foot long 10 foot wide attack and i'm gonna aim it down the center of astra and keth uh give me dexterity saves astra and keth you said 40 foot long 10 foot wide yes would finch be in that range I don't know. I can't see Finch. I'm trying directly, directly in front of it because that was the one he was going to like put my toes in the water. Yep, Finch, you're in it too. Sweet. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> so dexterity save as well, Finch. 20. 20. That is a success. Oh, God. That's a crit miss. <laughs> Sorry. Bring uh, on the pain. Save. Yeah, dex save, Kath. The nine. That is a fail. And then you had a crit miss, Finch. 
Yes, sir. All right. So, Astra, you avoid the damage. Kath, you take eight bludgeoning damage. Ugh. Finch, you take ten bludgeoning damage. Right. And that will be the end of the OLS's turn. And so we move on to Astra. I'm going to cast a level four chromatic orb of lightning. All right. You get advantage because mm-hmm. he's in water. Hell and yeah. this is lightning. Whoops. That's good to know. All right. So that is 23. 23 is a success. Sweet. 30 damage. It's actually 60 because he's vulnerable to lightning damage. Um, I was also going to do a bonus action if Got I can. Him. All right. What's your bonus action? Um, I have a spiritual weapon. Ooh. You create a floating spectral weapon within range that lasts for the duration or until you cast the spell again. When you cast a spell, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet of the weapon. On a hit, the target takes force damage equal to 1d8 plus your spell ability modifier. I think we were actually talking about this in our Discord today, and I honestly already forgot what the <laughs> conversation was fully about. I can't remember if you can actually attack this round with it. It says when you cast this spell, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet of the weapon. All right, but she's not in range melee. But I can. But the range is sixty feet on casting range. Oh, oh, so she can so just cast, I cast the weapon. It wherever. You can cast it 40 feet away from you, five feet away from the octopus, and use Okay. The also, attack. didn't it just smash Keth, which is like right next that to me? That was a tentacle. Okay. Smashing it and then coming back. So if you cast Spiritual Weapon next to it, then yes, it will attack. Cool. This is a new spell for you, right? Yes. All right. So give me a melee spell attack. Is a 19. 19 is a hit. So that is eight. Eight. eight damage. All right, so 68 damage in one turn. Mm. Whoop, whoop. Look at that strong-ass, multi-class, wild magic sorcerer cleric. <laughs> what up? <laughs> multi-class. <laughs> multi-class. After Astro, we are on to Keth. All right, so I'm going to see Astra cast the spiritual weapon, and it's the first time that I've ever seen it, so I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to be impressed and, like, give her a nod. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to look back at the uh, this giant octopus construct and say, I'm sick of these constructs! (laughs) Yes. Rage again. Uh, Rush up the 35 feet and attack. All right. Uh, Recklessly. Uh, So it's going to be a 27 for the first one. 27's a hit. And a 25 for the second one. 25's also a hit. This is with the hammer? (laughs) Yes, with the hammer. Nine and 10. So 19. All right, so 19 damage. Keth goes up and starts banging on some metal, and we're at the end of the round with Doroth. All right, so what Doroth is going to do is he sees uh, Astra's chromatic orb, you know, do work there. Mm-hmm. So he gets an idea in his head. He's going to roll to his left, and I'm going to cast a level four Witch boat. Nice. Do it. Do it with advantage because lightning damage. Do it. Stop hurting my friends. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is going to be a, ooh, I forgot I had that plus nine, 26. 26 is a hit. All right. So that's going to be 3d12. You said level four, right? No, 4d12. Don't forget life force. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about life force in the discord today. Dude, hold on. Yesterday, I think. Damage. 
26 damage. 26. He's vulnerable to lightning, so that brings it up to 52 lightning damage. Yes. All right. Uh, he's starting to be all rickety and stuff, but he's not dead. He's not down, but we're at the top of the order with Finch. All right. So I've still got the Hunter's Mark on him. Uh, Colossus Slayer is now in play as well. And uh, I'm going to dedicate this attack to Felomir and you Sharpshooter. Do it. I'm going to take my two <laughs> attacks. And then after those attacks, I'm going to use my newfound cunning action to dash, hopefully out of arm's reach. All right. So you're starting to do the kiting? Yeah. So let me start with this first attack. That's not good. So that'll end up being like, that's like one. That'll be like 10 on the first one. Second one is a 19, though, <laughs> and it should hopefully hit. 19 does hit. Okay. All right, here we go. So it's going to be this many dice plus 10. Oh, plus 14. Oh. All right, so the damage is 30. 30 damage. All right. And then I'm going to dash out the way. Uh, you release one arrow that hit, right? Yes, the uh, first one did not hit, the second one did. Right between the eyes, and it pierces strong through the metal, and it rears back, and it pushes back with its tentacles back into the water, and then just sits in the shallow water, like on the shoreline, and doesn't move. You have killed the OLS. Rise. Hey, companions. Sorry for the long gap of full-length episodes. We've been having quite a wild run of recording lately, and I had to make sure that cutscene made the list before we started Wave Break 98. But if you haven't heard and you were wondering why we had such a long gap, well, we started a Twitch channel. At the time of this recording, we have recorded up to episode 76, and the uncut episodes are on our Twitch channel as highlights in the video section. So if you don't want to wait for the next polished episode and want to hear the tale of Wavebreak 98 in full before the podcast releases them, it is all available at www.twitch.tv slash four orbs. Now warning, we did have some audio difficulties with episode 71 and a couple cameras glitching as well for multiple episodes after that. But we have hammered out those issues from what I can tell. We are recording live on Twitch on Mondays at 6.30 p.m. Central for our regular schedule. So if you want to catch up and then give our live recording of you, go check it out. And don't worry, we have it set up where we are running sound effects, music, and ambience for the Twitch channel. All thanks to our production intern, Colby Parker. We like to call him an intern, but really he's just part of the crew now. Our first unpaid employee. And thank you to all those that joined on our all-day stream February 2nd. That day was dedicated to a great cause and all the donations went straight to D&D Extra Life which donates the money from the event to our local children and women's hospital. We met our goal, and we are still super stoked about it. Well, that's really all I wanted to step in and say this go-around, so let's get back to the episode. I'm like, knock on its tentacle. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Listen to it echo, I guess. All right, so that's the end of combat. What's next for y'all? Y'all are controlling this. That is a good question, considering we were expecting a whole ass prison to be down there, but what we found was an octopus. I guess we could discuss that in game. Yep. Well, <laughs> I think it's safe to say that they know we're coming now. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but where's the prison? 
Is this thing like, is it, it's sunk in the shallows, but does it go out far enough to where I could like walk on top of him and kind of make my way out a little bit? Sure. Like you can walk up on top of it and then kind of get like, like view, get an upper view of the uh, water surface. I'd like to do that. Okay. Wait, oh, wait for me. And I'll follow him. Take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to climb on somebody. Yeah, that's closest I'll, I'll, to me. You can climb on me. I'll grab him, take him with me. Is everyone climbing up there? Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. So all five of you climb onto this dead metal octopus and look out onto the water's surface. You want to give me perception checks for those that want to look? Yes. Oh. I'm just looking at the octopus. <laughs> you want to take it apart, Felomir? In a little bit. <laughs> that is a four. 19. 24. 17. Keth and Doroth, you do see under the water surface, about three feet under, you can see like a small circle that's kind of shaded. It's a little darker in that little three foot area, but it's about three feet underwater and it's in the center of the pond. Ooh, I think that's it. Yeah, Sir Kuroid, it is under the water. And I'll, uh, I'll climb off of the octopus and into the water. Okay. It's going to be a pretty tough swim. Uh, I will need some athletics checks for those that are going to attempt it. I'm going to uh, restart my ritual cast of Tensor's Floating Disc okay. at this time. Can I see it once they point it out? Yeah. Yeah, they point it out and everybody sees where it is. I'll probably walk up to the edge, but I'm not going to get in just yet because I'm hurting. I just have my hand over my eyes like, I don't see anything. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm going to, am I on top of you? Because I climbed. I guess so, yeah. If yeah. you came up on me, yeah, you're with me. All right. I'm following Keth to the edge and then stopping, though. I'm not going in. Hold on. How are you feeling? Ah, uh, well, oof, man, I tell you, I feel better. That tentacle really got me. All right, I'm just going to take my hands and just, like, place them on either <laughs> side of his head. <laughs> like, hold on, hold still. That makes things better. <laughs> I'm going to heal him. I'm going to do a level three. All right. It's going to be 3d8. 3d8 plus, plus your plus, modifier. Plus two. Actually, I think the modifier is higher than that now. It's, it should be whatever should be your charisma three. modifier yeah. is. Yeah, well, I got to change that. Are you up to three now? Yeah, 7 plus 4, 11 plus 3, 14. 14, 14. HP? Gracias. I'm going to kind of stretch my back a little bit, pop my neck. I'm like, thank you. Better? Much. Thank you. So y'all are going to try and venture out there now? I mean, it's been a long day for y'all. Y'all fought the uh, python construct, and then y'all fought an octopus construct. It's dusk. Yeah, trying we to get probably an idea. should. Trying to get an idea of what you're doing. What is around us? There's trees, oh, fruit yeah, it's a very trees. Peaceful place until you approach the water. <laughs> you got that little lemon hut? Um, lemon hut, Liamon's <laughs> tiny hut. Oh, and yeah. Uh, actually, it's Dort's tiny hut. And yes, I do have it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yes. If someone would be so kind as to take me down off of this gargantuan monster thing, I could set that up for you. Oh, I will. Happily take you off. Uh, I, I, are we? What time is it? I guess like is the sun going down. No, it's been dusk. Like y'all approach the oasis. And At, okay, it, it as the sun was going down. Okay, yeah, maybe. I guess maybe we'll approach this prison in the morning. I'm at least going to take Doroth off of this octopus now, and I'll start walking us towards back towards the bank. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll head towards the bank as well. Okay. I will come out of my ritual casting at this time, <laughs> <laughs> and hop on my floating disc and be like, "All right, we ready." <laughs> um, actually, we've decided to 
take take a knee. What? I mean, uh, Dorothy did make things a little better for me, but I, you know, I could still use a little bit of rest over here, and uh, you know, it's already getting dark, and it's been one thing after another for quite some time now. Mm. Hey, but since you got this thing out, you could float us back to shore. I'll climb abo- aboard his tentative <laughs> floating disc. <laughs> I will float away. Do- doesn't I, it follow you, not carry you? I figured I could step on it. I mean, you can step on it, but it won't move unless you walk away from it, right? Um, yes, you're right. Hmm. Then I'll let Keth climb on top of it. You're like, fine, <laughs> and I'll just walk <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, so Keth, are you going to sit on it or are you going to stay on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit on it with my legs like dangling off the sides. <laughs> <laughs> it's kicking off like a kid. <laughs> All right, so y'all go back His to the toes shore. toes dragging in the water. <laughs> you go back to shore. And, and then as soon as we get on shore, I'm going to dispel it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what happened? Oh, I guess you got too heavy. And you got sand in your shorts now. Ugh, red sandy shorts. <laughs> Shake it out. All right, when we get back on shore, I'm going to find a, a nice spot and uh, cast a... Lemon's tiny hut. All right. For, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Dort's tiny hut from now on because I hate saying that name. <laughs> just be like, home Little is where Lemon's the tiny hut. Is. <laughs> home is wherever I am. Um, do they have to be inside it whenever you cast it for them to be inside it as well? Yes. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah, I don't think people can enter it after it's cast. Oh uh, yeah, because you're like undetectable, right? Um. So once you cast it with everyone in it, they can move in and out as much as they want. Okay. But if you cast it and someone is not in it, they cannot enter it. Okay, let, <laughs> let's retcon all that. Retcon. Okay, everyone, gather around. You know the drill. We do this every time. Kumbaya. <laughs> we all, like, grab hands and circle around yeah. Doris. I swear, like, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's some good fan art right there. Just y'all holding hands <laughs> in a circle. And then, like, a black Doris sphere t- going Doris <laughs> Home is where the heart is. Home is wherever I am. Home is where my friends are. <laughs> there it is. It's a rainbow. All right, so y'all are inside Doris' tiny hut. I'm going to just hit the floor, stretch out. All right. So what are we looking for here? Like a long time, short time, what? I say long time. I'm tired. I could go for a long rest myself. Well, someone should stand watch. Oh, you don't have to. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're Tiny Hut. We're protected. They, they can't see us, right? And plus, who's here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there are quite a few constructs around. Well, they can't enter. They can't see us, and they can't come in. We, we did just fight an immensely large construct as well, though. I mean, does that not send off alarms somewhere? Uh, we could keep an eye out for the P-backs. I think keeping watch is a good idea. I'm going to just stick my head outside Perhaps. of it. And Dorothy, see if it. could you ask Pivak to maybe keep an eye out while we rest? I mean, you could. I guess you're right. He does understand me. He just can't talk <laughs> back to me. <laughs> I mean, he can what's on a script. Yeah. You can say no a lot. <laughs> Two no's for yes. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Two no's system. for yes and one no for no. <laughs> I think I can keep watch. Okay. And I'll cast alarm. All right. Is this a ritual again? Yep. All right. Doris Hut has security systems and everything. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I guess uh, while he's doing that, we could we can step out of the hut, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll walk out and just start to gather up some fruit. Okay. There's some fruit. Yeah. There's around. a bunch of overripened fruit all over the ground. You might have to climb some trees to get the the good fruit. Oh, are you saying that some of it is fermented? <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's fermented. That fermented okay. that much, but. 
I guess you could collect it and start fermenting it more. I'm okay. Do we still have <laughs> the, uh, the, the... Fappy? No, that's bingo. No. We, oh, okay. we finished that still at the end of... Still got some black party icker, though. <laughs> Who knows? Cool. That'll do it. That's <laughs> definitely fermented now. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I guess I'll climb up a tree. Of okay. Whatever fruit. For fun, give me a survival check. 17. All right. You successfully climb a bunch of trees, gathering a bunch of different tropical fruits, and uh, bring them back to the hut. And you'll have a banquet of fruit available. Nice. I really well, look want, at that. I want like a Gilligan Keth like <laughs> crossover picture like scene or something like make a coconut radio over there. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to fall asleep. All right. Any dialogue need to happen? I'll, I'll pull see Port Greasel and. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. We I'll, should. I don't think we want to talk about it. <laughs> I'll pull out one of my bottles of rum and start drinking from it as okay. I eat fruit and sadly sulk. Oh, yeah. Kath's got the sadness going on. Mm. It, it got a little better until until today. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> until today. you found out you ruined everyone's <laughs> lives. Yep. Everyone we came in contact with got brutally murdered, probably. <laughs> so, what of Greasel? I don't know. It didn't look good. No, it looked bad, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it seems we really stepped in it this time. Well, uh... Hmm. I mean, we knew this wasn't going to be an easy road, not not for us or anyone to really be come in contact with, but, I mean, maybe, maybe by the end of whatever this adventure holds, things will work out for the best. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can leave this port the way it is now in good conscience, though. But, you know, it is one thing at a time. Yeah, I think we owe it to them at this point to see this through to the end. I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vilko. I'm just sobbing in the corner yeah. again. I mean, Vilko, Dubro, Penrear, Buka's shop. Fucking I can't believe they got burned to the ground. <laughs> I, you know what? We if barely anything, spoke to him. <laughs> I need to get. I need to report back somehow to, to Captain Gay to let him know that Dubro and the, the, the outpost has been compromised. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, I think our best bet now was to to try to stop CFH and then salvage what is left of Port Greasel and the, the citizens in it. What about uh uh um, what's her name? With the kids, Lula, Lua. That's right. What of her? She's probably dead too, or taken. Rats. Rats, he says. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> Fiddlesticks. Someone's dead. Rats. <laughs> but if we can, if we can stop this and end these constructs, they'll they'll rebuild. The the ones that survive. If Kaio's ship is down, then whatever our time constraints were, no longer retain. So time is still of the essence. Wait, Dorth. I need you to send a message. Okay. To my sister. Oh. Tell her what, what has happened to Port Greasel and see if, if anything is going on on her island. Tell her to stay put, if it's safe. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. <clears throat> Tell her I miss her. All right. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I swear, I was going to add all that shit. <laughs> A bunch of, like, mushy ass. Uh, I'm going to cast Sending and uh, say the following. Uh, sending to uh, uh, Kurgle. Kurgle. That's her name. <laughs> I always want to call her Lugrug. Yeah, like, Lugrug. Wait, that's backwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dear Kurgle, what's going on? 
Can you tell? Are you there? Are you on the island? Or if you are, why? We told you not to go there. Well, we're here at, at an oasis. I don't want to tell you the location because maybe there's a reason why I shouldn't do that. But if you're safe, you should stay put. P.S. Keth really loves you and he really misses you. And he can't <laughs> wait for the next time he sees you again. Doroth. Doroth? Thank you for messaging me. I did not go over to poor Grizzle. Y'all told me not to, so I didn't head over there. But I love him and miss him too. I'm glad he's accepting of me again, even though I am a pirate and always will be. Love, Cargo. <laughs> I just like have my like fingers on my temple <laughs> receiving this message. Okay, got it. She's safe. Good. She also loves you very much. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, like I was saying before, time is of the essence. That being said, I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. What about the four of you? How do y'all think we're going to get under the... How are we going to open the hatch if it's underwater? Just going to have to swim over there and under there and try and open it and see what happens. You know, trial and error, I guess. I really, I'm not sure. I don't have too many guesses off the top of my well, head. I don't know how many trials we'll have if the hatch is underwater. Huh? I mean... If we're not quick, the whole place will flood. Can we cast spells underwater? Yeah. Could you maybe gust of wind all of the water? I mean, but it's a, a freaking like lake almost. Like I mean, Moses. I don't know if gust of wind has that much strength. <laughs> I could be wrong, but maybe the tide goes down. I mean, I know it's not the ocean, but I mean, who knows? I absolutely have an idea of what we could do, but I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to give you a perception check to come back to? Yes. Let's see if I can hear this conversation. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I guess, well, it says each creature, but I mean, I guess you could do a save for the water. A save for the water? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean for the gust of wind? Yeah. I just don't know if, like, I think gust of wind, like, knocks arrows out of the air and... Yeah, I don't think gust of wind could move large bodies of water. What I was going to say is we could go under the water and cast the hut over the grate or over the the thing uh-huh. and then just whatever water is in the hut would fall in but that's it. Mm. But y'all don't know that. I'm <laughs> Pretty damn smart though. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll figure it out with a rested head. I, I can't do much more with today. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and turn over. All right. Yeah, I'll go to sleep as well. Okay. I'm going to pull Oysterich out of my cowl and feed him some fruit and then turn over. Do mice eat fruit? Yeah. Why not? I don't know what they eat. They eat food. I assume they, <laughs> they eat would. Food. They only eat cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they only eat cheese. Uh, all right, so all of you go to sleep. I'd probably stay up a little later than everyone. Did I take a copy of the Waybreak map at all? No. Okay. Then I'll just think about it for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to recreate uh, what I remember of it. I think I said it was four levels. With With eight... With with four... Four cell blocks on each one. That housed eight inmates each? Yes, something like that. Four levels down. I'll do my best to, like, sketch it down based off my memory of it. Uh, Give me a wisdom save. Six. You are too tired. 
<laughs> so good, dude. We're going to follow that thing all the way to the promised land. That'll take me about an hour to do, and I'll just look at it real satisfied. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, the, it's like crayon. <laughs> yeah, the Kevin McAllister home alone, like blueprint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the wisdom, and we're just bottoms. <laughs> yeah, this will help us tomorrow. <laughs> and then I'll just like lean my head back and just pass out. All right. The next morning, you all wake up still in Doris tiny hut. And I think it like lasts for eight hours exactly, right? Uh, are you are you looking that up? It lasts for eight hours exactly. Nice. All right, so yeah, y'all wake up to the sun, mm. like it just starts beating down on you as the spell is deactivated because the duration died out. Right. Rub my eyes and stand up, look around. Uh, nothing's changed about the environment. I'll even say, like, to the point, like, you look for PVAX because you're worried that you're being watched from a distance and you don't see anything. Uh, dead, dead octopus robot still, yep. still in the water. Still in the water. Hasn't moved. Stretch and start munching on some fruit. All right. I guess I'll, I'll eventually wake up and take notice of Kath eating fruit. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm eating some fruit. Everybody eating fruit? Sure. Yep. All right. So you get your food fill for the day and you're awake. You prepare spells. You do what you got to do. What's next? So, we're ready to open this, uh, this here prison? Where is it? Under the water? Yeah, yeah that's where we saw it. Hmm. We just gotta figure out a way to, to open it. Yeah, that's an issue. Well, I have something that might help. Oh, what's that? I'm gonna start ritual casting a spell. <laughs> Alright. Called water breathing. Alright. And that casts on multiple creatures, right? Ten, up to ten willing creatures within range gain the ability to breathe underwater until the spell ends. Affected creatures also retain their normal mode of respiration. The duration is 24 hours. Jesus. Yeah. I did not know it was 24 hours. Yep. Nice. So what did you just do to us? Oh, uh, you'll see. Yeah, I feel like I'm breathing a little different. You are. It feels about the same to me. Uh, <laughs> did you do something to me too? Yes, we can now all breathe underwater. Really? Whoa. Yes. I'm going to go was... stick my head in the water. Yeah, I'm right next to Keth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all go just get down your hands and knees and put your face underwater. And yes, you can breathe underwater. Oh my god! Well, I don't think it'll solve our hatch problem, but at least now we have some time to figure it out. Wait, hold on, I have an idea. Okay, you know how when I make my hut, no one can enter unless, you know, they were there? Yeah. Yeah. What if I put the hut over the hatch? And that way, when we go in, no one can follow us. Oh, that's a good idea. But what about the water? Do you think it would keep the water out? I don't know. I never thought about that. Does it does it keep the does it keep the water out, dude? Um It did say something about the elements, right? Water being an element. I will say the wording is creatures and objects within the dome when you cast a spell can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. However, the spell ends when you leave the area. Oh. So oh, when so you exit the hut, the hut dispels. We'd be trapped. Not, so well, is not water trapped. an object or is it considered something else? Oh, is water wet? <laughs> 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 because, I mean, who cares if the thing goes off when we exit it? Because you just close the hatch and then we'll exit it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really fun idea. That's how we flood this bitch. Who cares? I mean, we can breathe. True. Uh, 
does Astro need to have a vision again? <laughs> I was about to say, but there are other things what? in here yeah. that cannot breathe that we may want to interact with and not yeah. immediately kill. Nah. Not. We don't need to murder more people. Please. Hmm. <laughs> murder can more we, people. Can we just open the hatch? Has, has that occurred to anyone? Well, it's underwater. It's three feet so underwater. So once we open it, it's going to start flooding. Oh, okay. That's the puzzle. Damn. Fuck. Can I prepare my spells for the day? Yeah. Hell yeah. The question that we're asking ourselves right now, is water an object? Which I don't think has ever been asked by anyone on the it's planet like, Earth before. I mean, well, what is an object? I'm gonna is it a say, noun, a person, place, or thing? I mean, if we if we cast Lehman's tiny hut and it starts raining, does the rain go through the hut? No. Mm. No, but it wasn't inside the hut whenever... So the only water we're worried about is the water that's inside In the, hut. the hut. And yes. it would just be three feet of water. Yes, three foot by ten feet of water. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that's but not that the only water that would be in the hut at the time we cast it. And that wouldn't flood the no. prison, so we should be fine. It also specifically says the atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry. So would that just Ooh, make the water so disappear the water, then? Oh. Hmm. Well, I don't think, I don't know. I think that's with the assumption that you don't cast it when there's already water in it. I don't think it would dispel the water outward, but I don't think water that wasn't in it when you cast it could enter it. Oh, see, you're making up rules right now. I'm, it, it didn't say that. I'm interpreting well, <laughs> what it says. Based off of that, I, I would think that like if we were in a, you know, like a rainforest and it was raining, the ground was wet. If we made the hut, we would then have a it, dry it grass be bed to lay on. Comfortable and dry. So that would therefore expel the humidity and water that is on the ground. Not wet. Yeah. Um, I have creator destroy water. Destroy, destroy the water. Yes. Destroy. <laughs> but it would destroy that water, and then the rest of the water would rush in. And yes. Unless, unless the hut was unless we're in the hut. Although, also, as I'm reading Tiny Hut, it's a 10-foot radius immobile dome, a 10-foot radius hemisphere and it, that springs into existence above and around you. So if, if there's no solid ground below you, I would think it wouldn't create solid ground. Well, how What if he's standing on the hatch? Yeah. You would have to be standing on the hatch. But he could do that underwater now that he can breathe underwater. Yeah. And then we'd have to open the hatch. Is there any space around the hatch? Or is it just the It's, it's just, just a hatch, hatch jutting it's up. It's a right? cylinder. Well, I mean, you haven't gone out there to see it, but you can picture probably it's like, like a, a Mario what we saw sewer in the, tube. Yeah, in the design <laughs> based on the based on the design you saw in the library. It's a like just a tube that goes into a tube. Okay, and the tube goes down to the first level. That does change things a little bit. Hmm. And I think I said specifically that it's three feet wide. The hatches. Yeah, it's the deep old lagoon. Yeah, out in. that's the word I was looking for earlier. So y'all haven't even like gone out there to inspect it yet. No, nope. no, we're just on the shore <laughs> having this conversation. <laughs> It's as dull in-game as it is out of <laughs> I swear. What's the move? Well, now that I can breathe underwater, I'm going to see if there's anything else under there that we should be wary of. All right, go check it out. I'll just swim out a little bit and kind of swim down into the oasis. Okay. Just kind of look around. It is murky, so you have to, like, swim, swim around for a while to see things. Okay. We'll say you have, like, a... 30, nope, not even 30, like a 20-foot vision. Okay. And this could take hours because it's a pretty big lagoon that holds an entire prison. I'm not going, like, very far. I'm just okay. trying to see if there's any life or 
non-life down okay. here. All right, give me a investigation check. 19. So you swim around, and we'll say like in the 100-foot radius from shore, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. And you do not find any life at all, not even fish. There's not even any fish out here. I think we're safe. Well, I guess we should investigate this hatch at least. I'll make my way towards the shore. Okay. And get in and start heading out to the hatch. You want to do anything else before they commit themselves to water? I'm worried. I kind of want to leave my backpack out here. Okay. Because I feel like the water would ruin my instruments. Okay. And I'm worried about that. Um, guys. Are they not safe in your pouch? I can't fit them all in the pouch. Astra. <laughs> my bee dog. Look, maybe I can bring the ones that are... I can fit the loot in there. It's just kind of gross inside. I don't know, man. I just don't want to bring the whole backpack underwater, you know? I'm just going to walk along the octopus again about as far out as it'll take me and then just kind of sit there and stare at the hatch and contemplate. Okay. I don't really have too much going on. How... How far out is it from the shore, the hatch? It's in the center of the lagoon, so we'll say like 200 feet out. Okay. How far from the uh, octopus? Like 150. Here's what I'm going to do with my backpack. I'm going to walk onto the octopus and take my loot, my wand that's already in my pouch, the letter out of my backpack. Okay. And put them in my pouch. Okay. And while I'm going through it, oh, Wow. I almost forgot about this. This letter. (laughs) (laughs) And just read it to myself. Okay. You want to read it for the listeners or just going to read it to yourself? I'll read it for the listeners. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I have not read this in a minute. All right. So, for the listeners, you got... Close your ears. You got to not hear this. (laughs) For the listeners, the, the letter says... I will follow you in the shadows and follow the soft scent of your hair. I will be already. <laughs> I will watch your cheeks shine from the back of the crowd and dream of the day that I can have you as my own. I will take your hand as my own and smother you with my love once you are mine. The day we meet, I will capture your heart as you have captured mine. Love and tickling kisses. <laughs> Lucy <laughs> Hegel cheered. Tickling kisses. I like that. That's what it says? Yes. <laughs> my favorite part is that Dave had to write it. <laughs> my, my question is, which cheeks? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fold that up and put it in the pouch. Yep, I've been carrying that around like since, since before. I- <laughs> For years now. <laughs> The, the heading game. on this piece of paper is Ryan Adams' character background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, I'm ready. I have a question. My okay. turtle shell backpack, does it float? Like if I flip it on the turtle part? Yeah, sure. Cool. I'm kind of using it like as a, a floaty. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you can breathe underwater? Yeah. Just, right. It makes it easier. Okay. <laughs> little boogie board turtle shell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Cadmus, you're swimming out to the hatch. Yeah, yeah. Dorothy- well, once I see uh, Felomir making his way into the water, I'll go ahead and start head- head- heading towards the hatch. Okay, and Doroth, what are you putting in your pouch again? I put my loot, my wand of mental strife, and the letter. You're putting an entire loot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that would fit in a kangaroo pouch. Fine. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll okay. I'll take the flintlock, the wand, and the letter. Flintlock, wand, and letter. Yes. Leaving all instruments behind. Yes. Okay. Dude, my voice is an instrument. All right. I just I'm don't, just checking. I don't want to damage my instruments, man. I I'm gonna it. leave them on the octopus. All right. So, Felomir, what are you doing? Getting in the water. Okay. So you're getting in the water, Finch. I guess at this point, uh, there's no point in me sitting on the edge anymore. I can breathe underwater. I might as well go over to the hatch and try and figure something out. So. Okay. Astra? I will follow Keth. All right. I will follow Keth. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Follow him wherever he may go. <laughs> Did I say that weird? No, <laughs> that's a song. Oh. <laughs> All right. So y'all swim out collectively to the hatch and investigate. And as you get closer, you do find that it is a three-foot-wide hatch, about three feet underwater. You swim down for, like, 20 feet, and you still haven't reached the first level of the prison. So it goes lower than 23 feet below the surface. Uh, I want to go to the the hatch itself okay. and inspect it. There is a little lever that works like a diagonally. Like, you just pull it down at a 90-degree turn, and it looks like that opens the hatch. Can I see which way it opens? Like, Towards you. There's a hinge to where you can see it comes at you. So, like, it, the hatch is directly on top? Yes. Does it open up or down? It opens up towards the surface. Okay. Uh, I guess I'd probably get a feel for, like, feel, see how much tension's on it, how heavy it is. So, are you going to undo the latch? Uh, I'm going to, no, but <laughs> I want to see how easy it seems to undo. Like giving the the handle a wiggle on a door. Yeah. It doesn't do a gentle wiggle if you just kind of go for a wiggle. Okay. What if we just open it really fast? (laughs) Well, even even if the handle itself opens easily, I don't see it being easy to open the latch outwards when there's that much pounds of pressure of water weighing down on it. Unless I sit here and cast Gust of Wind and destroy water at the same time. So I thought about Gust of Wind more while y'all were talking. I mean, it's only three feet of water. But if you think about like a helicopter, like a Coast Guard helicopter going over water, it doesn't move the water. It just kind of ripples it away and water comes back into play almost instantly. So... I don't think gust of wind down or, or to the side is going to remove the water. Do, yeah, are it, we like in a tunnel? Like You're on the water surface of a lagoon. There is a tube coming up towards the surface, but it doesn't reach the surface. And on top of the tube, there's a hatch that opens. And that's it. Like mm-hmm. There's nothing around it that's except for all like, the you prison see. under it. Think Mario green tube only there's okay. a lid but this and, is underwater and it's but, underwater yes, it's yes. under it's about three feet under the surface of the water so you wouldn't have to destroy three feet of water you'd have to destroy three feet by a 200 diameter okay 200 foot diameter lake 400 worth of foot. water gotcha i'll be right back I'm, I'm gonna walk around the edge of this lagoon and see if there's just any sort of thing i can find that may somehow help drain this lagoon a little now bit. remember this is an old rodanian prison that quote unquote hasn't been in use in hundreds of years yeah but your theory is that someone's down there i just pointing that out although based on what i can see like we won't have to worry about the hatch closing again i don't think the pressure from the water will close it so we would just have to be able to open it long enough for all of us to get inside is my immediate thought process getting back out that's a whole other story uh i want to detect magic okay 
Uh, you right at the actually hatch. do not detect magic around the hatch at all. Okay. So this is not a magical entrance at all. Okay. Can I walk the perimeter and see if I find anything? Yeah, so you swim. It takes a minute to swim back out to the shore. And then uh, walking the perimeter of a 400-foot diameter pond will take quite a while. Uh, give me an investigation check. And also a perception check. Give me both. Investigation's a crit miss. Perception's a 21. With the investigation, you don't find anything about the entrance of the prison. However, with your perception check, when you make your way back towards the octopus, you notice there are three PVACs floating near. Floating near? Like, like they're, they're just... levitating in the air uh, in the distance. Okay. Well, I assume everyone else is still underwater. We'll say they're like wading up and down, talking yeah, to just... each other, going up and down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, kinda, I'm just going to holler, Felomir! Yes? And I'm just going to point. All right, so 300 feet away, you see PVAX. Seems they have found us. Yep. <laughs> Be right there. <laughs> I'll just start swimming over. All right, so fellow here, you swim over and take care of the PVAX with Eldritch Blast. Mm -hmm. Taking 20 on that. Yo, what if we created a tube out of the the octopus. I thought about that, but that thing's got away. It's a, a huge lot. construct, so which is larger than large. Mm. Uh, it's going to be pretty heavy. What about how how wide are the tentacles? Ten feet wide, because it or no five feet wide, but it smashes a does a smash of ten feet wide. Okay. I don't know, guys. I think we should just risk it. I'm about ready to try something. Well, your your hut won't work. I mean, there's so many levels to this prison, right? Like, how much water? I think the best option is going to get is down the there. Hmm. Yeah, I think our biggest concern is getting the hatch open. Well, uh, she can destroy the water that's in the hut, and then I'll stand open. over the hatch, cast Dorit's tiny hut, and then I will cast destroy water for the water that is in the hut, and then we open the hatch and drop. And once we drop, the latch will close. Might be stuck down there, but we'll be down there. <laughs> True. I'm sure there's another way out. And if not, but we also, I'm sure Dorothy wants to come back <laughs> for his things. I'm willing to try if you guys are. Let's do it. I'm going to swim down to. Uh, well, I guess we we all need to swim down. Oh, that's true. Don't you be casting that hut without us. All right. So y'all are getting in the area around the hut, around the hatch. Yes. And you're gonna stand on the hatch. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go and stand like right on top of the hatch. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna wait for everyone to get around me. Now, hold hands. Hold. I'm gonna grab Philomir's hand. That's important. All right, I've made my rule on this. I know what to do. Well, I'm glad you do. <laughs> Question, did you cast the water breathing on Oystrich? Sure. It's okay. It's up to ten creatures. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Cool. We'll say I did. Okay. I'm holding Oysters' hand. If I didn't, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um Alright, we're all holding hands. <clears throat> Home is where the heart is. Home is where I am. Home is where my friends are. Alright, so when you cast this. Okay. Part of the description is that it's comfortable. And dry. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. So everyone that's not above the hatch 
drops into the surface of the water that's now three feet below, and the surface is in line with the hatch that you're standing on. Okay. And everyone else is waiting inside a dome now three feet below in dry air. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. All right, so... Picture the bowl on yeah. top of the hatch. Yeah. The water that's above the surface, or that's at the surface, yeah. is on the dome. The dome becomes comfortable and dry. Yeah. So all the water in there, I'm saying, is gone because water... Water is wet. Water is wet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the water is removed, pushed down, you could say. Yeah. Which makes all of you that are not above the hatch push down with it. All right. And so you're standing dry on the hatch okay. while everyone else is waiting because the pressure of the dome would keep the water out. So none of us are in the dome. None. No, we, your heads are. are in the dome, but like you're below, you're three feet lower, basically, mm-hmm. in the so dome. So if you take a cup of, if you take an empty cup in a bathtub when you were a kid and you go straight down with it open, the air stays inside of it. Because the dome, when it was created, pushes the water out to create a comfortable, dry area, you now have air around the dome. So can we climb out of the... Are we being pushed down you as can, well, or can we climb No, no, you were, cre- you were in the dome, so you can pass freely into and out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'll climb up the, uh, the tube. Now, the, the question hatch. is, Doris, if he leaves the hut... The dome dissipates. The dome disappears. Yes. So y'all, if I open the dome... Or, or if I open the grate or the the the, the, the door, hatch. the hatch, I would have to leave last. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Yes. Close it right so somebody me. hold their hand out. Let Dorit step on their fucking hand because he weighs a pound. I have something that I'm going to do at this point. Yep. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm going to cast Spider Climb. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> on I also have Mage Hand. I was thinking something else. You were thinking something else? Yeah. Well, the I'm servant, dude. Climb. I'm going to be like, all right, Doris, just hold on to the hatch. Okay. And then I'm going to open the hatch. <laughs> and he's one pound, so he doesn't push it back down. And so he's, he's just stuck to it. <laughs> he's stuck to it. <laughs> Parallel to the water surface. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Are, are you guys going inside? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please do We're that going fast. in now, yeah. <laughs> so y'all start climbing inside and start climbing down the ladder. Doris, you're the last one out. I'm going to try to climb around... <laughs> And well, just, I mean, you have spider climb, so you can just do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, okay. and then just close it under me, and like put your head up against me. the hatch, and then you close, and you hear the water rush over you. Yeah.